0: Hello and welcome to the Zenith podcast. Here we will be discussing F1 at schools and our journey. If you're interested in STEM, you've come to the right place. Hi, it's Karthika here from Team Zenith and I'm the team director and design engineer. Welcome to part two of our chat with Bradley Appleton from Williams Racing. How do you gain sponsors and what return on investment do you provide? Also, what marketing strategies do you use and what really puts your team up there?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question as well. Um, so our, our old marketing strategy um, used to be basically we would sell, sell a space on the car for a given amount of value. And that would be the the basically the range of sponsorship that that you would have. You would have a, a big sticker on the side pod for however many millions of pounds, and your return was how many people would obviously view that view that sticker when the car is racing around on on TV and at different tracks, and the exposure that that brand would get uh, was your return on investment, and we get the money, and that's all good. Um, but nowadays, it doesn't quite work like that because, yeah, we are we're not just as an F1 team competing against nine of the different other F1 teams to try and get that sponsor. We're also competing against Manchester United or uh, New England Patriots or whoever, all in the, the these different um, different sports that are asking, of, you know requesting those same sort of sponsors Um, and they can have so much more exposure um, in terms of like social media followers to amount of viewers, those type of things than Williams. And so if we try and compete with those, we're always going to come off second best. So our uh, updated marketing strategy is to try and um, show how we can help that company from a operational point of view. So there are, there are like four different strands to our marketing strategy, which looks at yes, that, that brand awareness um, is is still an element to the sponsorship. We're still, you know, F1 has is, is still got uh, a huge following and, and lots of viewers. And so there is that element to it as well. But then, We also want to offer what other teams can't in terms of what can we bring from an F1 point of view from, um, yeah, design or innovation or different technologies or different materials to that company to try and help them operate. So can we, yeah, can we take their technology and prove it at the racetrack and show people that that technology works and is, is, you know, uh, good technology to have. Um, can we go into, say, a, a factory, and improve their manufacturing techniques or their manufacturing efficiency, and improve their profitability from that point of view? Um, so they're like the, the business needs that that we can offer that say Liverpool or a sports team they can't. And so that's where like our unique selling point comes in as an F1 team that that we can offer over and above our other rivals. Um, And so you've got that, but then the final one is sort of um, employee engagement. What can we offer to the employees of that sponsor or that person who wants to to come on board with us from a training point of view? Could they come to the factory and and try the different simulators that we have on offer. Could they come to a racetrack um, and experience the racing um, firsthand? And try and, you know, engage those employees so that they then benefit the company uh, that they work for. And so I'd say they were the main strategies that we use um, over and above what we what was used to be the old marketing model of you just sell stickers on a car and. And that's it. There's a lot. There's a lot more to it nowadays than what they used to.
2: Um, I'm going to ask you a question now because I know a lot of people will be wondering this: Is do you ever get to see the drivers? I mean, I know there's 600 people that probably <laughs> that are vying for their attention, but I mean, I assume they spend some time in the in the factory. And um, do you ever interact with them or see them around?
1: Yeah. So. I don't have anything to do with them day to day in terms of they're very much race focused they are uh, they come on to to drive the simulator they do their debriefs with the engineers and then they go to the racetrack and and race the cars that's their main responsibility so they don't have much exposure to anybody else because there's no real real need um but just informally, yeah, you see them, they, they come into the, the cafe all the time. Like I was um, in the queue behind Nicholas Latifi a couple of weeks ago, queuing up some food, um, which is cool. And then obviously, they're on like um, company wide events. So before COVID, obviously, we, we'd have um, a, th- a, a big meeting called Town Hall, which is basically a company wide meeting that we all go into the conference center and the the main bosses of the team basically explain various things about the car development, where we are, um, yeah, from performance point of view, from finance, all these different overviews of the the company to give the employees a summary. And the drivers are always there to to also chat through to the team and say, "You know, thank for all your hard work and keep pushing, and hopefully we'll get back to the front soon." Um, so they they were actively involved in that as well. How how do people
2: keep that motivation going um, when you're not winning the races, or or is that actually more motivating than winning the races?
1: Uh, no, it, it it is tricky. I would say um, before the new new owners came in and the new team principal and, and that type of thing, um, it it was tricky because there was always you know, we're going to do better next year. We are going to do better next year. And then next year comes along and we're still still at the back. And it, it can be tricky. And you put in so much effort. Um, all Everybody puts in so much time and effort. But, yeah, effectively it's 600 people against 1,000 at Mercedes with triple our budget and um, all these different extra restraints that, that we have to deal with that those other guys don't, but now I think it's a really um, yeah, optimistic time for, for us, because one, we've got the budget cap coming in, which means all the race teams have to operate within a certain amount of, of um, yeah finance, basically. I think it's uh, $135 million, I think, um, maybe wrong, but it's, it's around there which we are operating at about now anyway, whereas all those other teams, Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, have to bring their budgets down to, to that level. And so that would be tricky for them, whereas, as I say, we're at that, that point already. And then we've also now got the, the new owners on board and the new, new technical director, the new CEO, um, and they're really trying to bring in a lot of changes and transform how we work to try and try and get back to the top. So there's definitely a um, a more of a, a yeah positive feel and optimistic feel that it will take a while. It'll take a few years, but the changes that are implement, being implemented now will benefit us in in a few years. And so that that definitely adds to the motivation. Um, so so yeah, it's, it's definitely on the up. I think.
2: Great. Uh, have you got time for a couple of more questions? Is that Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Gotham?
0: Uh, so do you have a certain inspiration or idol or what got you into this industry?
1: Um, I'd say what, what got me into the industry was um, attending Silverstone. So I, I went to the British Grand Prix every year from a young age. I went with my with my dad and my uncle, and so yeah that was a highlight of my year every year from a yeah from six year old and so that slowly started every year going this is something i want to be involved in when i grow up when i want when i go into a career and then coupled with that i was then interested in the mathematics side the physics side and so i started leaning myself towards engineering and, and design from a from an education point of view and then yeah it just so happened that you can combine engineering um, into Formula One as a, as a career and so that's what what I had from a young age. Luckily I was quite set on what I wanted to do from a young age um, because it can be quite tricky if you don't exactly know um, yeah what to specialize in. Um, so yeah, luckily out. But that's not to say that that's the right. You need to pick something right now when you're young. Um, I just happen to know that that's what I wanted to do from a young age. Um, and then in terms of inspiration, um, I wouldn't say there was one person that I was um, wanting to be. Um, it was more the yeah the sport and the industry and the, and the teams that. want to be involved in. Um, As I say, uh, initially, I wanted to go into the engineering side, but as I went through my engineering degree, I did a a general engineering degree, and then I specialised in a motorsport engineering degree um, the year after, and realised that I wasn't um, a specialist in a Say aerodynamics or electronics or these like quite specific engineering disciplines. I was more of a, a generalist that I would have, I had understanding of these different things, but um, yeah, not a specialist. And so that's what led me to go on to the business graduate scheme at Williams, which gives you a breadth of these various different things, as I say, with the different six month rotations around the company. Um, and get an understanding of how the business operates um, and go into some sort of management role at the end of it, um, which is what I'm I'm more suited to. So it has changed a little bit from what I first wanted to go into, to where I am now.
2: Um, I don't know if you're aware, Bradley, but the F1 in Schools programme that these students are participating in, um, Williams uh, actually scouts out the world finals um, and um, invite people they're impressed with on onto the graduate programme.
1: Yes, I do is know. Amazing. I do know that, um, yeah, uh, a, a friend of mine who works in, in HR that, who's um, responsible for recruitment, she goes, because normally they're held in Singapore, right? They're from, in school's finals. Quite often, yeah. And she goes to Singapore every year to, yeah, attend the the school's finals and an interview the different students and, and get them on to either the engineering academy or the the graduate schemes as you say um, so yeah so it's great I, I don't know I don't know much about F1 in schools unfortunately the school the high school that I attended here in in the UK didn't wasn't um, participating so I wasn't involved in it when I was at school so could you explain to me how it works what you have to do what your different roles are
2: yeah, guys, I, over to you. Either team director or team manager, I think, <laughs> maybe answer that. Um, oh, okay.
0: Uh, oh, okay. So, F1 in schools is the biggest STEM um, competition in the world, and in the competition, you have to uh, form a team, uh, uh, get a brand, market your brand, and design a miniature car that is powered by a CO2 canister and then raced along a twenty-meter track.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. Cool. I think I've got I think I've got
1: one to hand. Cool. Okay, so from a from a brand point of view how do you how do you come up with that what what is your is your brand and and obviously you've done well right because you've you've gone through to the to the finals is that correct?
0: Okay, so our team name is Zenith and first we brainstormed many name ideas and the one that like really stood out to us was Zenith and zenith means like the peak the top and that's what we want to be we want to we strive to reach the top and set a standard for other teams and our motto is aiming for the peaks and climbing to the zenith so we want to persevere against like all of our challenges and reach the top
1: nice yeah that, that. Really sounds. That sounds exactly in keeping with F one. F one is all about the pinnacle of engineering, the pinnacle of technology, having the best people, and and the best teams. Um, yet yeah, reaching the top. So that that makes sense. That's a really good, uh, really good name, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean they've done incredibly well. I mean this is the first time as a school, none of the schools I've ever worked at before, schools I've been to, uh, have have ever done f1 in schools so this mm. is my first experience of it and it's it's an amazing program it really is so thorough and involved and that you know the things that the students are expected to do are su- such a high level yeah um, that that exposes them to, to to things that you wouldn't even touch upon until sort of university stage yeah Um, I can't actually find their car, which is a little bit embarrassing. (laughs) I can find their rival's car. Ah. (laughs) So this is the the car that they have to produce. This is actually a a rookie level car. Um, And so the difference is is some of the regulations are are different. They actually have an entire booklet full of regulations that they have to follow. Um, They have to fund it all themselves. They have to get sponsors um, and... With the category that they're now in, the the wheel system has also got to be designed by them. Um, So so the main main part of the car is made of foam um, and we design it on Fusion 360 and then it's um, CNC routed. And then they have a 3D printed wing. uh, Their new car has actually got a 3D printed rear wing as well. Um, and they're developing the wheel systems as well, which actually you'd think just adding a couple of wheel, well, four wheels to a car would be the easy part. But actually, it's in- incredibly complex when you start bringing things like bearings into it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, reducing the weight, and, and we, we actually test the cars using uh, a, a CFD platform called Flow Design. Um, I think it's actually been discontinued now, but it's 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 at least exposing them to sort of drag coefficient and things like that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So it's also all the management side as well. So that's just the car. There's all the yeah, all the the, the daily runnings of it of a team.
1: Yeah, who's who's doing what? Who's responsible for what work? And and how do we yeah manufacture it and, and that type of thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really it's really good. And they've done such a fantastic job to get to this point.
0: So what advice would you give others that want to get into this industry in terms of career?
1: Um, Yeah, so as I said at the the start, there are so many different roles that you could um, go into. So definitely research all the different roles that are out there. Um, As I say, from engineering to manufacturing to to the racing side to finance to marketing, See what you're interested in, and and see what um, you'd like to do as a career, and then look at what where you know where other people have come from from that who are currently in that role, and see what see what they do, see what education they got, see what experience they got, and and try and try and match it. Basically, um, that was definitely something that 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 helped me in terms of you see somebody in a race engineering position, say, where they, they're running the car at the track, and they start off in a junior position, maybe just looking after the systems and, and the data on the car, and then they go up into a more of a performance analysis role, and then they go into a race engineer role, and so that shows you the, the career progression that that somebody has, um, and so that can be really useful for you to try and, try and follow that as well. Um, uh, what else would I say? Um, along the same lines as that, a, a good trick that you can you can try and do is look at um, job descriptions that, that current teams are advertising. Um, keep a lookout on on teams' websites or or various um, yeah job advertisement websites and see what they're advertising and see what their requirements are. So if somebody um, is looking for a a CFD engineer, they will need a a certain degree, you would need a a good background in maths and physics, you would need experience in certain types of software, um, plus a load of of personal skills like time management, communication, all those type of things. And then that can be your checklist then to say, right, I need to learn this piece of software, I need to get this experience, that type of thing. Um, and that can be a really, really good, useful tip that, that I've used in the past. Um, saving different job descriptions and basically working working towards that. Um, and then, yeah, try and get experience just like you're doing now. So obviously there are, there will be hundreds, thousands of people going through the same education system as you or then going into university and getting the same degree as you. Um, and so yes, you would be more qualified than the, the general population, but in that small group of students at that university, say 30 people will have the same degree as you. So how do you then differentiate yourself outside of that? And it's by doing extra things just like this, F1 in schools, um, doing extra projects on the side, working, getting, getting experience at, at different companies. Obviously motorsport is quite an F1 is a really unique niche uh, industry and there are only small amounts of, of opportunities to get experience in that industry so not everybody can access that so try and find experience that will be um, applicable but in another industry whether that's yeah a wider engineering industry or uh, as I say all these different different aspects commercial finance that you then Yes, you have motorsport and F1 in the future, but from a short-term um, point of view, you can get experience um, away from that, and it will still count towards where you want to be. Um, and so, if you can combine a, a good education and a, the right degree that you that you need, or uh, the right qualifications that you need for that role, with a load of experience that you've gained along the way. I think you'll be you'll be on to a winner then I think. And then I think the final the final tip sorry just to add to that is just to keep keep going and keep applying. Um, obviously you're you're way away from that stage yet. But once you get to that stage um, it it really is at the end of the day just the look of the draw of whether your CV gets picked out from thousands of CVs that get sent through whether your job application gets gets passed through all the different assessment criteria and then obviously impressing at the interview, all these different stages you need to get to which are, are tricky and you you just need to keep going and keep, you won't get the first, when you, when you apply you will get rejections, you will get all these different things uh, which will knock you back and knock your confidence and think I'll never get there but you just got to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying and, and eventually you will get there, definitely.
0: How do you think F1 will change and develop in the future?
1: Yeah, that's another good question. Um, obviously with the way the world's going now with sustainability and the push to um, remove internal combustion engines and change people to to electric powered cars, electric powered vehicles, um, F1 is in a is in a tricky position. I think um, there's already obviously um, Formula E. I don't know if you guys know about that, but that is um, a fully electric racing series, similar to Formula Formula One, but using purely uh, battery-powered vehicles. And so that's already established with lots of different manufacturers racing in that and lots of teams. And so Formula One can't go. Fully electric, because yeah, there's already a, a series that, that does it. So, what I think they're trying to get to in the next few years is be uh, get get super efficient uh, racing cars. So, we're thinking of shifting to things like um, active aerodynamics, where we can reduce the drag levels massively and keep that downforce, and, and again improve our fuel efficiency that way. Um, we can. Go into things like biofuels, so keep the internal combustion engine, but use biofuels instead of fossil fuels, and that reduces the carbon footprint of those engines by, uh, yeah, massive amounts. And then things like the the traveling circus that goes to each each race, in terms of all the different freight that goes there, in terms of the team equipment, and um, a lot of it is being either shipped via sea, which is much more efficient, or kept remotely. So um, I know that the F1 uh, Communications and the F1 TV um, company, previously they would ship all their communications um, equipment, all their TVs, uh, TV cameras, all that type of thing to the racetrack and it'd be a, a, a huge amount of freight that goes to each circuit, whereas now they're trying to keep everything in one location in London and send out the minimum things to the races to be able to uh, broadcast and transmit and then do everything else in terms of like the, the media production and the, the editing and all that type of thing from one location in the UK. And so trying to trying to cut things down that way and trying to, trying to make it as efficient as possible. Um, and so I think think that's that's the way it's going. but, yeah, there's lots of things changing. It's a really rapidly evolving situation with um yeah, sustainability drives that different com- countries and governments are trying to push. Um, so what's this space, basically? I don't think any of that thing, any of that I've just discussed has been decided yet. Um, and so, yeah, it's all up for debate and, and lots of things
2: changing. Yeah, we, we definitely see that in design education as well. So I'm, I'm very conscious that I've got to stop using acrylics in our projects because, you yep. know, it, it's what, what are you teaching the students if you're getting them to use, you know, you know plastics in their projects and, and really getting them to understand, like, what are the alternatives here? Here, here are the traditional materials that we use, but what are the other options? Um, yeah. I think sustainability has to be a really, really fundamental part of,
1: of everything we do in design and engineering moving forward. Yeah, and it's something that our sponsors have, have really pushed as well, so in our conversations with um, different sponsors on, on how they can engage with us, they then come back to us and say what's your sustainability drive, how are you um, you know, putting into practice cutting emissions, um, reducing waste, that type of thing, which they're really actively you know, interested in what we're doing before they're willing to get engaged with us. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, another aspect that we need to think of.
2: Yeah, and uh, Team Zenith are, are luckily very aware of this too. They are planting hundreds of trees to offset their carbon footprint. Yeah, and, uh, it's one of their real, uh, real values because I think it's just so important. Yeah. Um, I think we have one more question, only one. And then we can wrap wrap things up. Awesome. And that's from Elizaveta,
0: uh, do many women work at Williams? And having been one of the few teams to ever have a woman leading the team, is this a specific value that we're proud of?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. As you said before, with with a only team, I think to have a female team principal in in Claire Claire Williams, obviously took over from from her her dad, Frank. Um, Unfortunately, obviously, she's not um, with the team anymore. it has got new owners, but there's definitely still that drive um, to keep uh, female employees. So we've got a scheme called uh, Women Women at Williams, which is exclusively for uh, women and female employees where they can basically get together and um, yeah, gather socially or discuss uh, work problems or various different things, and basically empower Williams at power women at Williams to to achieve as as, as best they can. Um, you've got yeah, so you've got that scheme. We've got a a female development driver called Jamie Chadwick, so she um, helps drive the simulator and does various testing of the car. Um, and again, that's that's a, a, a big push that the FIA are trying to bring in um, female drivers and increase the number of people, the number of females that, that you see on the grid, which is great because, yeah, there's, there's been outdated thoughts that, that men are better drivers or, or the fact that you see more when men in, in F1 means that, that females can't do it. But that's definitely not not the case at all. Um, I think it's just a case of um, more. There's more males doing it than females, and so you see more more males males doing it. But the fact that you now see more 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 women drivers and more yeah female racing drivers will hopefully encourage you know girls to take up karting and take up that racing aspect and show that yeah they can be just as good as. As any men, it's not about their their physical strength, it's the skill of of driving the car. And so we've definitely, yeah, helping that with having a female test driver. Um, And then we've got all sorts of different um, roles filled by by women at at Williams. You've got um, people in in engineering. So we've got uh, a lady called Claire Sibley, who's head of manufacturing um, and quality, which Traditionally is a is a male-dominated role, but that's that's filled by a woman. Um, We've got graduates, female graduates who are in the 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 um, race race team, looking at aerodynamics, performance, that type of thing. So they get to travel all the way all around the world to all the different events, um, and you'll be able to see them hopefully on the TV. Um, They're often picked out by the cameras. Um, You've got women in IT. You've got um employees in in hr finance um yeah i see see females all the time at at williams and i think it's yeah it's great we we should definitely not be dominated by by any one gender it's it's we're all equal at the end of the day so it's great to see them in in different roles Uh, that really is great and we're
2: seeing that here that um you know, uh, uh, we're getting about 50% females picking subjects like design and technology, which is, you know, a huge turnaround to where it was 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. So important. Yeah, so. yeah, great. And as, as you say, uh, you can't quite grasp it until you see it see it happening and see people in those roles. Uh, and that is gradually changing. So yeah. um, I would definitely encourage you guys to, to keep at it. I knew what I wanted to do, but it's definitely not the time to get get yourself um, stuck in the in the you know one way and one career. You've definitely still developing, and there's still lots of different things for you to learn and different skills. So just if you're interested in it, just learn about it, whatever it is, um, and yeah, just keep learning and keep keep developing, um, and the time to specialize will be later on. So.
2: Yeah. No, great advice. Um, thank you so much, Bradley. It's been uh, amazing to talk. I'm sure we could keep going on and on and on. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we've got two podcast episodes out of this as it, <laughs> as it is. So we'll, we'll probably stop there. So um, no, thank you so much for giving up your time. It's been a fascinating insight and I'm, I'm sure the students will, will agree. Uh, and hopefully we can, uh, this this partnership will continue and we can sort of uh, tap into you for advice Absolutely. The and, and what do you think about this car how can we improve the aerodynamics and just just open up those sort of conversations
1: definitely yeah well done for that thank uh, you thank yeah. you so much it's been great i've really enjoyed talking to you and as i say it's really inspiring to see you guys at such a young age doing this going over and above what you are um, expected to do at school and, and doing these extra projects um which will really help help you guys in future and you'll learn a lot from it so keep going great thank you so much um and uh
2: enjoy your weekend i assume you'll be watching the the racing
1: yeah that's qualifying's coming up soon i think um in in about half an hour Uh, so we'll see how we do
2: yeah nice well good luck to you and the team thanks guys all right take care all right thank you Bye. you Bye. bye
0: Thanks for listening, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. A huge thank you to our sponsors, Emirates Polystyrene Industries and Little Bites. See you next time!